0: day if I was preaching and I gave a kick during the, the message and I hit Bryant that'd be very memorable amen <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 64 1st Samuel chapter 1 Memorial Day is set aside for a specific reason it's not just to grill and to have a good time or to have a day off or to sleep in but to remember the lives of those who have died, so that we might have freedom in this great country that we call home. is to remember the soldiers that have passed fighting for our freedom. Memorial Day was first widely observed May 30th, 1868, to commemorate the sacrifices of Civil War soldiers by a proclamation of General John A. Logan of the Grand Army of the Republic. An organization of former Union sailors and soldiers. And at the time, some of you might know this, it was called Decoration Day. Decoration Day. But later in 1971, it became known as Memorial Day. And has been given recognition as a federal holiday ever since. Jesus said in Matthew, he said, You do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Can I make the proclamation this morning that it's good to remember the past, but we do err not remembering the past. We do err not teaching our children the past. And in doing so, we're not teaching them what to watch out for, but also we're not teaching them of the blessings of an almighty God. I'm 40. 40. I feel like a young... Well, I'm feeling less like a young man anymore. But I feel like a young man in comparison um, to, 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 to mature Christians in the Lord that I would consider my elders and, and highly take their advice whenever I can. But so often, my generation and younger, there was no teaching of anything biblical, let alone anything in this world how to change a car tire how to you know anything how to do anything that, that, that we ought to be doing how to have a work ethic how to you know how to change oil on your car how to take care of all these things that are just often not taught nowadays let alone spiritually teaching our children My memories of growing up consist of sitting at the dinner table almost every night, my dad talking about how good God is and what he did for him that day. Uh, 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 So many people, Christians and non-Christians, their memory of growing up has nothing to do with mom and dad talking about how good God is to say, hey, remember when God was good to us? Hey, remember when we had that flat tire and it was raining? Remember, Dad, when, 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 you, when you prayed it right in the middle of the rain, he was teaching me to be thankful in the time of a valley. It's good to remember and point to, hey, kids, remember that good service we had when God just moved? Amen. I've been in so many good services where the Holy Spirit was moving all throughout the country. Amen. Northeast particularly. Many services. Many, many services I've been in. I used to go to 100. Our average, our average was 172 services a year for 11 years or at least the last nine. I've been in a lot of church services. I've seen God move in a lot of ways. But we don't even tell our kids about that let alone take them to service. Right, right. God said we do err not knowing the scriptures. Absolutely. We do err not knowing this. We're teaching this to our children. Isaiah chapter um, 64 verse 6. I hope you're there. And let me say this. The, the sinful flesh of the world all desires the same thing. It is all... <clears throat> it all leads to depravity of man that's why history always repeats itself because man is always full of flesh <clears throat> the selfish man will always 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 go back to doing so, whatever selfish greed selfish always <clears throat> countries fall because of selfishness families fall because of selfishness you say no it was fornication selfishness Because what is man completely and 100% deprived of anything righteous outside of Jesus Christ? Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hath consumed us because of our iniquities, we're a wicked people. And if we're left to ourselves and we don't have a standard of truth, we're just going to get more and more wicked and more and more wicked. Amen. Brother Bob, I'd be honored if you'd pray as we get into this message, sir. amen i have read this statistic a couple years ago or three years ago but i'm going to read it again because it's timely and appropriate this is wars ranked by the united states of america combat deaths so these are casualties from each war just from america alone the mexican-american war 1,733. And we all know that one life is too many, amen. The War of 1812, 2,260. This is in no apparent order. This is an order of deaths, right? The Iraq War, 4,424. The American Revolutionary War, 8,000. The Korean War, 33,686 soldiers lost. The Vietnam War, 47,000. 434 lives lost these are these are our men i think some of our women at that time lost family members that we love husbands and wives world war 1 53,402 the american civil war 214,938 the worst war that America has seen is World War II. As far as deaths, 291,557. I actually can't imagine that. I don't even know what that looks like. Let alone, can you imagine the heartache surrounded by all of that, all the families affected? But that's only the deaths. <clears throat> if you were to count those who were injured or maimed, the number num- numbers will triple and double and triple. Amen. But it's good to take Memorial Day seriously. In fact, Memorial Day is a biblical concept. When, when, when we don't teach our children to remember things, right. our children will, will have the mindset of, oh, we're getting better morally as, as culture goes along. Oh, we're getting better because we're coming up with these ideas. No, 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 no. Anything good morally that society comes up with is only when it turns back and remembers what God taught us in the first place. So it's good to remind our children to n- never forget the things that are important. Amen. And Scripture is number one with that. Um, God made it clear, and there's many examples, but <clears> the <throat> first one I always think of is when, when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River, God Made it so clear. He wanted them to take 12 stones and put it as a memorial a- after the Jordan crossing. So that generation after generation, when you come by that those stones and your children ask, God made it so clear. They ask, what are these stones for? You can take time and say, that's when God was so good to us. He t- brought us out of Egypt. And then we crossed the Red Sea. And then we crossed the Jordan River. But also, not just a blessing, but also when we failed him and we were disobedient and we walked in circles for 40 years. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 2. This text here is talking about a man by the name of Akana and his wife Hannah. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 1, verse 2 says, And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice in the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Those boys were not good boys, by the way. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave his uh, he gave to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provo- provoked her sore for her to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. That's not talking about uh, Satan, I believe. That's talking about her... Uh, Um, Penina. Amen. Verse seven. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, uh, her husband said to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? And am not I better to thee than ten sons? Which is a really a dumb thing for a man to say. He sounds kind of like a typical guy. Hannah, why are you crying? What's wrong? Like, like, is he just not even plugged in? And not, I mean, really? Uh, and then you say, are not I better than ten sons? Like, really? Not the time to say that. Just not wisdom being used here. And I say that, and oh, I've said things wrong many a times. Amen. Number one, Hannah took her bitterness to the Lord. First Samuel 1, nine says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. In other words, uh, 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 Eli is sitting off to the side and Hannah comes into the altar to pray. Nobody else is in there as far as we know. Verse eleven, and she vowed a vow and said, "O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on in the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head." That was an honorable thing for the Nazarite, but that, that's that's a whole other message. But vows are a serious thing unto the Lord, and they should be to us. But by and large, they're not. Lord, I promise I'm going to do this. We don't do it. Lord, I promise I'm going to do this. Then we don't do it. Deuteronomy twenty three twenty one. You don't have to turn there. It says, when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it, and it would be sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. Saying, if you fulfill your vow, it will not be a sin. But if you do not fulfill that vow, you are now sinning against me. God takes vows seriously. And here Hannah made a vow before the Lord with bitter tears. Weeping on the the altar with her knees. So much so that uh, the nearby preacher thought she was drunk. Boy, we do good to have tear-stained altars today to have a mindset of just lord i'm burdened for somebody in my life or in somebody else's life i have a burden on my heart i want to bring to you and it means so much to me that i'm emotional about it i'm crying over it there's a rochester song that me and my brothers used to sing how long has it been since your eyes filled with tears over those who are lost out in sin We've lost the compassion for the lost. But Hannah left her burden at the altar, and then she left it there. She walked away. Because of this, she she came out with a happy countenance. Amen. Her countenance was literally changed after spending time with the Lord and leaving her burden at the altar. So often, I think we take a burden, Lord. I just want to give you this burden, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling with with whatever this is in my life, or Lord, I'm praying. But whatever this burden is, Lord, I want to leave it here, and then we take it right back with us, and we sit down, and we let that burden just create havoc in our hearts, and we focus on it, we spend time on it, we dwell on it, we pet on it. We we just Satan now has a great tool to remind us of how awful that we're going to think our lives are because we're just dwelling on this one burden. God didn't call us to worry and fret and be anxious. So what are we doing now? We're resting upon our own self, whatever we can do for ourselves while we pet our own burden. That's not the Christian life, folks. That's not even close to the Christian life. Now, Satan now has the victory every day in your life because you're bitter about this and you're bitter about that. You won't let this burden go. You left it uh, uh, at the altar, but then you took it back with you to your seat. 1 Samuel 1.18, and she said, "Thine handmaid, let that handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. She left it in God's hands, not just that day, but the next day. In that whole week, in that whole month, Brother Bob, she left it in God's hands. Her countenance was no more sad because she gave it to the Lord. I think the more selfish that we are, the harder of a time we have letting go to the Lord. Every bitter person that I've ever met has allowed the seed of bitterness to control their lives. And it eventually controls every relationship in their lives. Jesus said, Come unto me, all these that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest upon your souls. That's not just for a comfort verse for a moment. No, that's to live by. This altar is not for show and tell. This, this altar is for leaving burdens at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Your altar could be at home. Your altar could be in the car. Your altar could be in the bathtub. Your altar can be in the bed. There's something special about coming to the altar of the Lord publicly. Amen. Number one, Hannah took her bitterness to the Lord. Number two, God remembered Hannah. Look at First 1 Samuel 1, nine. And they rose up early in the morning and worshiped. Man, that's awesome. And worshiped before the Lord and returned. And came to their house to Ramah. And of knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. Amen. Conceived, amen. All that in spite of Hannah's adversary, Penina. Look at verse seven, for Samuel one seven. Just to show you what Hannah was going through. It says, and, and, and as he did so year by year when she wept, uh, went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. We read this already, but I want to bring it out. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Year by year by year, she had a burden. She had a burden. It wasn't until she finally left it with the Lord that her countenance changed. That means year by year by year, the Lord wasn't getting the victory. In spite of whatever struggle we're going through, it sure is good to know that God doesn't forget us. David said, Psalms 37 says, I've been young and now I'm old yet. Have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread? It is sure good to have your sins forgiven. That's that's a number one, the most important thing for all of eternity. That means more than your life and my life. Salvation is the key. If you don't have salvation, if you never accepted Christ as your savior, right. then, then then all is for naught. And the best thing you're ever going to have is this life right now. Right. Right. Which, by the way, it's a good time to point out we could pass away at any minute. You might have cancer and pass away in a few months. You might be in a car wreck and be done for. How awful it is for the person that doesn't know the Lord to think that this is as good as it gets. Right. Brother Jim, that'd be miserable. That would be awful to think that this is as good as it gets to think that brother ron has a better house than i do or better barn than i do i'd be miserable knowing that amen i love that song if god be for us who can be against us who can separate us from his mighty hand he's got things in control Number one, Hannah took her bitterness to the Lord. Number two, God remembered Hannah. Number three, Hannah remembered her vow. We honor our soldiers by reminding, uh, by, by remembering the, the sacrifice that they paid. Right. We go to Civil War reenactments. We we, we honor them in m- m- Memorial Day. Amen. Uh, we also honor them Fourth July as well. I know it's for our active service, but we also remember uh, all soldiers who, who gave of their lives, both living and have passed. But Hannah honored the Lord by remembering her vow and the importance of it. Boy, if we would vow a vow to God and then just stick with it and remember it. Lord, I'm going to live for you. Lord, I'm going to go to church every week. Lord, I'm going to tithe. Lord, I'm going to read my Bible. Lord, I'm going to study something, and I'm actually going to learn something for myself through Scripture and allow you to teach me, Lord, through the Holy Spirit. Boy, it wouldn't be good to vow that and to stick with that, Brother Bob. Amen. Verse 20, wherefore it came to pass, 1 Samuel one twenty. wherefore it came to pass when the time was come, but after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Jump to verse 27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth. He shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah remembered her vow. Number four, in our last point, Samuel remembered his purpose. Samuel was raised with ungodly examples his entire young life. Even the... the, preacher's kids if you will that he was living with were wicked and awful and sinful absolutely living in sin and that was his example for living a christian life it is never a good enough reason to say well the environment that i'm in is why i'm this way no you can serve god and you can grow in the lord abundantly in spite of whatever environment that you're in Samuel remembered to serve the Lord in spite of the so-called Christians around him. In spite of being separated from his family, from a small boy, and separated from his mother, he chose to serve the Lord. Instead of saying, oh, I'm a victim, my life is so hard. That's my generation. Oh, me. Anxiousness, depression, things are so, no, no, we got it so good. But our selfishness caused us to focus inward." Samuel, in spite of being lonely without a mother, he still served the Lord. In spite of having what other boys and girls had, he still served the Lord. What I'm saying is Samuel remembered his purpose. I think too often that we come to the church house Sunday morning, we walk out those dirt doors, and we think, I'm good. I put in my time card. No more Christian for me the rest of the week. I can do whatever I want Think whatever I want, say whatever I want, go wherever I want to, because I went to church Sunday. I'm good. That is not at all. You know what? God didn't. God didn't save us so we come to church Sunday morning. God didn't save us so we come to a CPR class on a Saturday or come to a work day and have some awesome sandwiches. God didn't save us for. God is to get the gospel out to a lost world. That is our job. What have we done this week to get the gospel out to a lost world besides show up to church on Sunday just to have fellowship with like-minded brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ? That's not what God called us to do, yet we find ourselves, well, put in my time card. I'm good to go. Samuel remembered his purpose. You don't have to turn there, but Colossians 3.1 says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. He's saying, if you be risen with Christ, hey, if you're saved, if you're a child of God, if you're born again, set your things on above. Live for him. Paul and Silas remembered their purpose in their prison cell, and we know all about that. And just like Paul and Silas, Samuel's purpose was more important than his pleasure. Oh, but pastor, I, don't, I, I, I sleep in on Sunday mornings. That's my day to sleep in. Mine too. Normally I have a job. Lord willing, I have one soon. Amen. But I always got a kick out of that excuse. Oh, so that's my only day to sleep in. Okay. I, God saved me from a burning hell for all of eternity. I don't know about you, but God gave me eternity with him in heaven. Amen. I I don't know about you, but it's just worth. I can wake up at 9 o'clock and show up to 10 o'clock for church service. God's blessed me. We got so much to thank him for. But yet we show up to one or two services and we think that we did God a favor. God did not call us to go to church. He called us to give a gospel track and tell somebody how we got saved and say, man, we serve a wonderful God. Isn't he good? Have you ever been born again? Let me tell you all about it. But Christians, by and large, because we're choked, we're choked by the seeds, uh, I don't, the seeds of the vine or the, forget how that, 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 that went, but we're choked by the material things of the world because we're so, mm, we just love them so much. We just love the comforts that we have to sit on the back deck. It would be so great to just let the world go to hell in a handbasket and sit on my back deck and cook my brats and enjoy myself not care about nobody else that's the christian mindset nowadays and what a shame that is there's a a preacher brother jim and it always stuck with me he always loved going fishing but he never could hardly go fishing well maybe it's a bad example to give to brother Jim, <laughs> but but he went fishing and he said he felt bad the entire time because he could have been there, and he could have been there. Nothing wrong with going fishing. I support it. Amen. But my point is, like, what, what, what's our goal in life? Man, go fishing. It's good. Man, you need to go fishing. We smoke those fish, by the way. Amen. Go bowling. Go do whatever. Watch the TV show. Amen. But what's your priority? I think the average Christian, that's, that's their main focus. And as long as I'm not doing anything else, I'll go to church. And if I'm really bored, I'll get out the Bible. I personally believe that God hasn't dropped the hammer on our country just yet because of the godly testimony the United States of America has had to the entire world, at least so far. God's used America in a lot of ways, but tell you what there's a lot of wickedness a lot allowed a lot of laws being passed to support antichrist teachings god's not going to stand for that america will not last that much longer otherwise god's gonna have to apologize to sodom and gomorrah for demolishing them for their sins america has it coming america has it coming psalms 917 says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget god The moment we quit looking to this for our guidance and our truth, punishments, repercussions, there will be consequences. Amen. I'm thankful God's much more than just. He's much more than a judge and a jury and an executioner, but he's gracious. It's not about being fair. If God was a fair judge, we'd have hell for eternity because we are every one of us are sinners. Hannah served God. She was faithful even when her environment seemed unbearable. No matter how rough things seemed to be, Amen. whether at home or or in our country, man, we can still be found faithful. Hannah was. What a great example. Number two, Hannah remembered God. Why? Because in her faithfulness, she took her burden to the Lord and she left it there. No matter what was around her. Penina never... She was around Penina every day. But her countenance was good because she left it with the Lord. Amen. She didn't keep it in her pocket. (laughs) Amen. Number three, Hannah remembered her vow. God God blessed her greatly for it. Amen. God used little Samuel in such a big way. What a sacrifice. And four, Samuel remembered his purpose. Because of a godly influence of a faithful mother, Samuel was encouraged to serve the Lord in spite of the world around him. In spite of the temptations and in in spite of the politics, in spite of any justification that might have come along. My uncle's always said, and I've said it before, um, he would say to renters, there's always um, a lot of good reasons to not pay your rent, but none of them are good enough. There's a lot of good reasons to not serve the Lord. There's a lot of good reasons to not come to church tonight. There's a lot of good reasons to not tithe or give offerings. There's a lot of good reasons to not support our missionaries. There's a lot of good reasons to not read our Bibles or to study. But none of those reasons are good enough. we as Americans can look back at our fallen heroes and commemorate the sacrifice that they've made for our country, and we should, we ought to be able to Look back at what Christ did for us, saving us, giving giving us the hope of salvation, if we accept it. And we should commemorate that, and we do here at Hope Baptist Church. But most certainly, as Christians have no excuse we have no excuse looking at Hannah and Samuel and, and Eli and in the whole story to not serve faithfully in spite of any distractions taking our burdens to the Lord and leaving them there don't point to your environment don't point to the law don't point to your neighbor or your family members say I can't serve the Lord because of her or him or that fellow church member Take your burden of the Lord and leave it there. Just leave it there. We need to be steadfast and have a mindset like Joshua. And I love it. He says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But with that mindset comes with. It's not just as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And we'll come to church. And then we'll go home and we'll leave it. No, no. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when we go home, we're going to continue to tell our children about Christ. We're going to continue to tell them what standards are and what truth is. Because if we don't. We're going to have a society that has no standard. And now we have confusion about what laws to make and what bathrooms to use. And we don't know what to do because anybody's opinion means anything as opposed to there's one standard of the truth. Amen. I hope that you remember what Christ did on the cross. And I would hope that you remember the day that you got saved. and That you at least tell somebody about it this week. That's what we're called to do. Is to remember and to teach our children well, not just put them in front of the TV and walk away. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for Your Word. I pray that You bless the next few moments of invitation, Lord. Uh, we need You. And I pray that the Holy